So it was a bus driver. He's driving his bus. He's on his regular route, and everything's going fine. A few people got on, paid their way. A few people got off and left. And he comes to this one stop, though, and there's this big guy, big bodybuilder-looking guy. And he steps up onto the bus, and he says, Big Jim, don't pay. Big Jim, don't pay. And so this bus driver, he's kind of a wimpy guy, you know. He's small in stature, and he's intimidated, so he just lets the guy get on. He goes to the back and sits down. And the bus driver didn't think much about it, but the next day, same guy shows up. Big Jim, don't pay. Big Jim, don't pay. Well, this went on day after day after day, and finally... The bus driver, he just can't take it anymore. He's losing sleep, and he thinks, i got to do something. So it's the new year, and he says, i gotta, I got to change. i got to stop this. i got to do something. So he decides he's going to build up his body, you know, and he starts working out, going to the gym. He takes karate classes and everything. And finally, the day comes when he says, I'm going to stand up to Big Jim today. And so Big Jim goes to get on the bus, and he says, Big Jim, don't pay. And the bus driver jumps up in the aisle and says, and why doesn't Big Jim pay? And Big Jim says, because Big Jim has a bus pass. <laughs> and, you know, the point is, you know, we're all trying to do something to build ourselves up in the new year, right? Uh, many of you have started diets. You want to get healthy. You, you started going to the gym. You want to build up a little bit. Uh, maybe you're trying to build up your bank account or maybe you're trying to get that retirement count up so you can, so you can quit work and, and you're, you're working to build up and, and do something, you know, really good, something that you know that you need to do. And that's great. And that'll probably last for about two more weeks and then you'll forget all about it and then you'll be back into your regular old routine and habit. I understand, I, I heard the other day, they used to say if you did something 21 days in a row, it would become a habit. I've heard the other day that now it takes 40 days in a row for it to become a habit. Maybe we're so distracted it takes a longer time. But we, know all, we, well, we all know there's things that we need to do, things that we need to build up. I tell you, I've been doing good. I went to the gym five days last week, Monday through Friday, uh, every day, you know, work out for an hour, and uh, before I come to work, and, and so I was pretty proud of myself. I stuck to my diet pretty good, at least until I think it was Wednesday morning, and, and our secretary, Donna Tallman, showed up, and she had cleaned out all of her candy and fudge and brought it to the church. And I tried to resist for about 30 seconds, and uh, I had to partake. But you know what? Next day... I ate what was left over and got rid of all the evidence and, and now I'm back on my diet. And you know, really the only way to fail at a diet is to quit. Uh, so I'm back on my diet and trying to do good and trying to get off these few pounds that I need to pull off and build up my body. But you know what? There's another body that we need to build up. There's a body in the Bible that, that the Scripture tells us that we need to build up. Today we're going to continue our series. It's called Engage. And we started this series last week and it really ties in with our three-year plan that we've been working on as a church and what we're going to do going forward in the future to try to build up the body. Scripture says to build up the body of Christ. 
And we're going to think about that today. Last week we talked about our personal lives and things that we can make priority that God wants us to make uh, priority, that we, you know, would, uh, would, would live good lives, God says, and that we would have an urgency about the things that He's urgent about, and that we would be productive for the kingdom in our lives. But today we're going to think about the church, which is the body of Christ, and how Christ wants that church to be built up. And so as we get started today, I want you to think about this question. What does it mean to build up the body of Christ? When we say the body of Christ, what are we talking about? And what does it mean to build it up? You know, the body of Christ is, is the church. The church is not a building, it's people. It's you and I. Now we do have a church building, but that's not the church. The people are what inhabit that building and make it the church. And church is not a place where we go. It's something that we are. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're part of His church, you're part of His body. And each of us has a place in the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each of you has a part in it. In Colossians 1.18, the Apostle Paul wrote, and he, that is Christ, is head of the body, the church. And in Colossians 1.24, Paul says, His suffering is for the sake of Christ's body, which is the church. So the church is the body of Christ. It's the church that we're being called in Scripture to build up. It's a living thing, the church is, made up of God's followers, of Christ followers, of of believers in Jesus Christ, His disciples. And so he, we have been called to build up the church. I'd like to look at Ephesians chapter 4 today. And so if you have your Bible, you can take it out. Uh, we'll have some scripture up on the screen here. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Paul, of course, is writing this letter to a church in a town called Ephesus. Uh, this letter was believed to be a circular letter as they have found ancient copies of that letter that didn't have the words to the church in Ephesus. It just said to the church. And it's believed that it was passed around to many churches. It's in our Bible, and so it is for us. And it, the book actually breaks down into two parts. Chapters 1 through 3 are more doctrinal, that is, what to believe. And chapters 4, 5, and 6 are more practical, that is, what to do. And today we're going to look at part of what the Apostle tells us, inspired by God, that we are supposed to do to build up the body of Christ. So let's read together this Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's pretty good. There's a lot of information in that passage that we need to think about. I want to focus, first of all, 
on the first two verses. Let's go back to verse 11. So Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service. And what I want you to see today is that Christ established a leadership to equip people to build up his body. First of all, it says apostles. Now, apostles, there were 12 of them originally called by Christ himself to be his apostles, to take the message out, to establish the church and lead the church. Uh, after Christ was taken up to heaven, Judas, one of those apostles, killed himself because he betrayed Christ, and he was replaced by a man named Matthias. Uh, the apostles saw need to keep the number at 12 at that time. They said, what are the criteria to replace him? And the, the, the criteria were you had to have been part of the disciples from the beginning. There were some people, a few people that had been there since Jesus started his ministry, and you had to have seen and witnessed the resurrected Christ. That was the criteria. So you, doesn't, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out after a certain time, there's not going to be anybody else qualified to be an apostle. So there are apostles no more, just the ones mentioned. In the Bible, specifically, the, the, uh, the 12, uh, Peter, James, John, Matthew, Andrew, Bartholomew, Judas, Nathaniel, uh, Philip, Simon, uh, Thaddeus, Thomas, and then Matthias is the one that they called after Judas died, and then the apostle Paul is one that was called specifically by Christ himself. Then there were the prophets. These were men called by God that God gave messages to. They were sanctioned by the apostles to go out and help spread the message. The apostles couldn't make it to all the churches, so they had prophets that helped them. They, they were inspired by God. This is in a day when they didn't have the New Testament yet because the apostles hadn't written it. And, and so they had to be inspired by God what to go and teach these new churches. So there were some of these prophets. We usually think of prophecy as predicting the future, but prophecy is actually speaking forth the Word of God. So it doesn't always predict the future. It may be talking about the present. But prophecy, uh, these prophets would go out and prophesy to people and bring them in to the church. Uh, then there were evangelists. These were some men sent out by the uh, apostles to do certain evangelistic work. It has to do with preaching the gospel to draw people to Christ. And uh, Timothy, in the book of Timothy in the Bible, First and Second Timothy, uh, Paul told Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. Some believe that Titus was an evangelist. He's got a letter written to him in the Bible. We studied that, some of that, last week. And so there were these evangelists that went from church to church and preached the gospel and taught people. And then it mentions the pastor and teacher. That's, that's one position. It's two parts to it, but it's one position. And that is the elders of the church, the leaders within the local church. They didn't travel around. They stayed at one church and ministered to the people in that church. There's actually three different words used interchangeably that talk about this position or this office in the church. One word is elder. One word is shepherd. One word is overseer. And in the original Greek, there are three different words. In the book of 1 Peter... 
chapter 5, he mentions all three of these. Chapter 5, 1 Peter, verse 1, To the elders among you I appeal as a fellow elder and witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them. That's the word overseer. So he's supposed to shepherd, he's supposed to be an elder, a leader, and he's supposed to be an overseer of the church. In fact, in 1 Timothy 5.17, the scripture says, the elders are to direct the affairs of the church. So the elders were the local guys, the preachers and teachers within the church who pastored the people and shepherded the people and oversaw the goings-on of the church. Now, in the beginning, they didn't have the New Testament, as I said. So, did they just make up what they did? We believe it was inspired. The impossible, the, Jesus told the apostles he was going to re, give them recall so they would know what he taught. And he had prophets that he used to send out. And then these evangelists that went out. And then local pastors and teachers who the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists trained so they knew the doctrine of the church. And the church spread. In fact, in 2 Peter chapter 1, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us. That's Christ. So we have everything we need now to do church, to be the church, to go out and do what we need to do. The teaching of the apostles is in the New, New Testament. And we have here everything we need to be the kind of church that God wants us to be and to do what it says in Ephesians, to build up the church. We've been working on this uh, three-year plan. In fact, I have a, a rough draft of what it's going to look like. Next week, you'll receive a pamphlet like this in your bulletin. Uh, it's called Engage. We talked about this last week. There's three parts to this plan. Uh, we want to engage Jesus. That has to do with discipleship. We want to engage Bristol. That has to do with community outreach. And we want to engage the next generation. That means we want to figure out what we do in this day and age to attract younger people into the church. Because the church is, overall is losing ground in that area. Not just here but all churches. Uh, our youth program is actually growing thanks to the two uh, young men that we have working in our youth department and in our children's department. And Jeremiah and Matt have done a good job. In fact, we have, as I said earlier, we have 33 people at the Tennessee Christian Teen Convention. 23 of those are, are 6th grade to 12th grade kids. And you know what's really neat? I talked to some of those kids as they were leaving on Friday. And there are some of those kids that are going to Tennessee Christian Teen Convention for the first time. I'll tell you something. Every kid that goes to the convention is changed. Now, it might last for about two weeks. But then there are those kids that this is their last year. That they started when they were sixth or seventh grade. And now they are seniors. And I talked to a couple of them. And they were kind of mixed emotions because this is going to be the last TCTC trip they got to take. 
and they know what a good time they have and how it touches their life spiritually. And so we're, we're making progress in the next generation, but we've got a long ways to go. And that's part of our three-year plan that we're working on that we're going to move forward. And so you'll receive this brochure. It's got a brief uh, outline of our plan and what we're going to do and how we're going to reach uh, our community and how we're going to grow spiritually as we engage Jesus ourselves. Let's look back again into our passage in Ephesians chapter 4. I want to call your attention to verse 12, the, the second part. The first part says, to equip people for works of service. And then it goes on to say, so that the body of Christ may be built up. You see that? So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Pay special attention until we all reach unity in the faith. Christ desires that his church be built up in number. That there be more people in his church until we all reach unity. There's plenty of scripture that lets us know that Christ is looking to build a large church, his church worldwide. 1 Timothy 2, verse 3. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and come to knowledge of the truth. God wants everybody to be part of his church. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go make disciples of all nations. And in Matthew 28, 19, Jesus told the parable of the great banquet and he says, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in that my house will be full. You see, we want to create in our church a culture and a mindset that says we want everybody to know Jesus. We want the world to be saved. And especially God has given us this community, our ministry area, where we need to reach out and help people come to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. We want to create a culture where we have that on our mind all the time. Jeanette went to the doctor. Her mom's having surgery uh, tomorrow, and she went to do the pre-op stuff with her mom, and Jeanette had opportunity to talk to a lady uh, this at that, that uh, I guess didn't have a church, I don't know all the details, that lady showed up to the first service this morning with her husband. Jeanette carries in her mind all the time, how can I reach people and bring them to church? We've got to get that culture in our church. Uh, when you get your brochure next week or your pamphlet, you're, you're going you're gonna to see what the plan looks like. It'll reveal the basics there, there, as I said, there are three targets on there. Engage Jesus, engage Bristol, engage the next generation. We want that to be on our minds all the time. How can I grow personally? How can I reach my community? How can I help someone younger come to know Jesus? And we want to create that culture within our church. Now, on January the 29th, which is a Sunday, this month has five Sundays, we're going to do something else. We're going to give you the full-blown list of the plan. This pamphlet that we give out will have the bones of it, the basics of it, but then 
on the 29th, we're going to give you all the detail and how that plan is going to work. And that evening at 6.30, we're going to have a dessert fellowship. We're going to bribe you to get here. It, I promise God will take all the calories out. It'll be okay to come and go off your diet that night. You can eat supper at home and then come over here and have a piece of pie or a piece of cake or a donut. And we're going to go through that plan and show you how the detail is going to work and what our plan is as a church. Because we're taking serious what God said to build up the body of Christ. And that's our plan. The church needs to grow. It really does. There was a preacher, he was known by a gentleman named Vance Havner, who was a, a theologian, a, a preacher, a Christian author. And the preacher said, somebody asked me this week how big my church was. And you know what I told him? I told him my church was 25 miles wide and one inch deep. <laughs> now what he was talking about is, we have a lot of people, we draw from a big area, but we're not very spiritually deep. We're not very spiritually mature. Well, Christ wants us to be both ways. He wants us to be deep. Mature-wise, he wants us to be wide in number. Christ wants us to build his church up in number, but he also wants us to build up in spirituality. There's an article in Christianity Today, and it said, while it is, crucial, it is a crucial mistake to assume that churches can be on an outward journey without being on an inward one, it is equally disastrous to assume that one can be on the journey inward without taking the journey outward. You see, we need to be concerned about building up ourselves spiritually, but we also need to be concerned about reaching out and bringing more people into the church. So yes, Christ wants His church built up in number, but Christ desires His church to be built up in spirituality. Read with me chapter 4, verse 14. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, now I want you to get this, underline it if you have your Bible, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. You see that? From Him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So again I say, Christ desires His church to be built up in spirituality. Now you notice those passage said it's all based on love you know God called us first and foremost to love him love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as you love yourself but in that passage it said no longer be infants instead we will grow to become the mature body of Christ if the church is the body of Christ and the church is people, then he wants each of us to grow in spiritual maturity. That spiritual maturity, that means we know Jesus. 
and we have a good understanding of His Word, the Bible, and that we live the Christian life, and that we desire to do His, His will. And that only happens by applying yourself and spending time under good biblical teachers and spending time in involvement in a small group and personal devotion, daily reading God's Word and daily praying to God. You know, it's just like anything else. If you want to be good at it, you've got to work at it. If you want to grow, then you've got to spend some time. You've got to spend, uh, be devoted. You, you, you have to be um, uh, disciplined. And there has to be a commitment. In 2 Peter 3.18, the apostle writes, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, I, I don't want us to be like young man Heard about this young man, he went to a department store, he was in the, the uh, exercise equipment department, and he called his dad over and he said, Dad, I found this box of weights here that they have for sale, and I've been thinking I need to build my body up, and I really want to get this box of weights. Can you, can you get these weights for me? And Dad said, well, they're going to cost a lot of money. Dad, just, just get them, I really want to build my body up. Well, Dad said, you know, you probably use them for a day or two, and then you won't use them anymore, and they'll be left in the middle of the floor, and they'll get in everybody's way. Dad, I promise I'll use them every day. I promise I'll work hard. Well, I don't know if we can get them or not. Finally, back and forth they went, and they kept on, and Dad agreed to buy the weights. You know how dads always do when our kids promise us that they'll do something. And so they got ready to go, and Dad went and paid for the weights, and he was walking out the door, and the young man looked at his dad and said, what, what, you mean I have to carry him to the car? You know, if you're not going to carry him to the car, let's face it, you're not going to work out with him every day. And some of us are that way. When it comes, we say, yeah, I promise God, I'll, I'll, I'll read your Bible and I'll pray to you every day. Or, or you mean I've got to get up in the morning and actually do it? Yes. If we're going to grow, we have to get into God's Word and we have to pray to God and we have to study and think about who He is because He wants us to grow in Him. He wants us to grow wide in people and deep in spirituality. And so our connection today is that when Christ's people engage in doing their part, the body of Christ is built up. The very last phrase in that passage I read says, as each part does its work. As each part does its work. Each part of the body, which is us. It's going to take all of us working together to accomplish this plan that we've set up. It's not going to be easy. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be easy. But when we apply ourselves, the church can grow, both in number and in spirituality. And it can become, uh, have the fullness of Christ, as this passage talked about. It can grow deep and wide. You know, listen to verse 12, once again, in 13. To equip the people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up, until we all reach unity in the faith, and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The largest church of the world is located in South Korea. 
Uh, it's called the, uh, the Yoido Full Gospel Church. And this particular church at one time, I understand, was about a million people. It's so large that you only, if you're a member, you only get to attend the main church one time a month. Every four weeks you get to go. And, and you have your day when you're assigned. Now they have satellite churches and they have uh, home churches that you can go to the rest of the time. But only one Sunday a month do you get your Sunday when you get to attend the big church. And they have services all day long. And uh, one of their preachers came to America to attend a church conference. And somebody asked him, he said, you know, we can't get any churches to grow like your church grew. How, what's the secret? How did you do it? And this pastor said, well, it's been my observation that you people here in America, you go to church for an hour on Sunday and go out to eat for two hours. He said, in Korea, we go to church for an hour on Sunday and we pray for two hours. Prayer is going to be a real key to this. In fact, in this brochure, you're going to read, engage Jesus, the very first thing, focused, fervent prayer. Engage Bristol, the very first thing under that. Focused, fervent prayer. Engage the next generation, the very first thing. Focused, fervent prayer. We've got to be a praying church. And don't go home and say, Dear Lord, I pray they won't ask me to do anything, and I pray there's nothing in there that I don't like. That's the wrong prayer. Pray for success. Pray for people to actually engage. Pray for people to, to grow spiritually. And for us as a church to reach people, uh, the body of Christ, so that the church can continue to be built up, both spiritually and in number. You know, I, I read an article this week. It was by Greg Osimacropoulos, and he's a minister at a church. And he tells a story about Brandon Wright. Brandon was a 21-year-old college student, and he was on his way to the library uh, where he went to college. He was riding his motorcycle, and a BMW car pulled out and hit Brandon, and both vehicles burst into flames, and Brandon was trapped underneath the BMW. The driver of the BMW was able to crawl out through the window. He got out of the car. He was okay. But Brandon is here underneath this BMW, which the front of it was on fire. The motorcycle lay in front of the car. It was on fire, and Brandon's pinned underneath. And people immediately started to gather around. What do we do? One person walked around, surveyed everything. Another person said, he's not moving. He must be dead. Uh, one guy went over and tried to pick the car up, and he couldn't budge it. A couple of people helped him, but they, they weren't strong enough. And then somebody began to circle around and surveyed the situation. And one lady got down on her knees and crawled underneath the car and said, he's alive. And when she said that, it motivated everybody around. And all of a sudden, 12 people came alongside and came to that car and lifted up and somebody drug him out from under the car and the ambulance came and he was taken to the hospital. He was saved because everybody pulled together. This is what the police, uh, the, the uh, assistant police chief said. What one person could not accomplish alone, a team of people did. 
Every one of those people put their lives in danger. Those people are heroes. You can only speculate what the outcome would have been if they hadn't lifted that car. You know, if we pull together, we can accomplish this engage plan. If we work together, if we are unified, if we all strive to do our part, we can accomplish this plan. And what will be the result? Lives will be changed. Some of you sitting in here will grow to spiritual maturity. Some of your neighbors will come to know Jesus Christ and they will be saved. And you know what? You can only imagine what will happen if they're not. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for men like the Apostle Paul that wrote these letters and encouraged the church and showed the church what, God, what you desired for them. That the body of Christ, the church would be built up. That it would grow both in number and in spirituality. That the church would grow deep and wide. And help us to be a church that takes your call seriously. Guide our leaders as we, as we lead this church into this plan. Uh, guide our people as they unite together to get focused and, and to, to grow spiritually and then to take that out to the community so that we reach more and more people. Not for our glory, for your glory as we seek to be a church that builds up the body of Christ. In his strong name, we pray and praise the day. Amen.